A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Who are the coolest dudes on the planet? United United States States veterans. What's the coolest sport on the planet? Pro Pro wrestling. wrestling. And what would be the coolest podcast on the planet? That would be this one. U.S. US Military military Vets. Talking pro wrestling. This is the No Shave Man Cave. Two badass disabled vets sharing their love of pro wrestling, giving you their perspective as fans, talking about current events and matches, history of titles, and who knows what else. Let's do it. Welcome Welcome to the the No Shave Shave Men Cave. Now your hosts, Ellie Chair and Jay Tilly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans, and sports entertainment fans, welcome to the No Shave Man Cave. I'm Ellie Jair. I am Jay Tilly. hey We are coming to you from the same state that A-E-W yeah, came to you from. And uh, it was a it was an episode of Dynamite that started off... I don't know. What'd you think, man? Uh, yeah, so I don't know what I think. Like, I don't have a rating for this one yet. I'm going to kind of go through as we talk about it and see how I feel about things because... This is two dynamites in a row that have been kind of good, he says, like a question mark. Yeah, I mean, there were things I like absolutely loved, and there were things that were like, man, that's like good old AEW sprinkle the seeds kind of booking. Then there were things I'm going, what is this shit on my AEW television? Like, why are we, why are we suddenly WWE? I don't understand. So yeah, when they were doing, they were uh, one of the commercials for All Access came came on and it was you know so they go through the 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 usual the ty conti and ruby if the if this happens again we're gonna have a problem and then it it talks it shows brit and um baby in the back and then it cuts to tony khan and you see like between the curtain and it's you know my hands are apart probably a foot and some change and he goes hey it's all about sports entertainment and i'm like yeah and my jaw just dropped and i was so distracted for the rest of the for the rest of that commercial yep and yeah it would like just like you said like well i i think i know how i feel because it's aew 
And it's like going into a restaurant and you order a, the meal that you always order at this specific restaurant and they bring out a plate and they tell you, here's your dinner. And you're like, well, wait a minute. It's not even the same restaurant plate. Like, So yeah, it was, uh, it was a little confusing and I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know how to feel about it. I, I have a rating and, but yeah, that, that's funny. You, uh, you were stuck in wrestling bliss as well. Yeah. Like my rating is bouncing. Like, like initially I watched it. I'm like, oh man, it was this. And then I'm like, mm, no, maybe it was this. So I've got an idea. And I'm going to kind of see where we end uh, end the show at based on how we go through it. But a uh, fun fact about the arena they were in. One, it's like five minutes uh, from where I grew up. So I like know that place well. And as they were building that. That's cool. Uh, when they were building that arena, we used to sneak in there during the construction phases. When they were making it, because it was the, uh, they built it for the Panthers, the Florida Panthers. So we used to sneak in there all the time and run around and get chased by security. But it literally is like, uh, I think, I don't know if you've ever been down there, but it's, it's a really nice stadium, but there's like housing and an apartment complex around it. We were literally like one of the housing um, places right there. You could see it out of our window when they were building it. Wow! So I knew that arena yeah, well, very well. That's cool. Yeah, I was when I when I was stationed in San Jose, we um, we had a we stayed in these apartments because we couldn't find a, a nice house to rent, and we didn't want to live on the base at the time. Basically, had it was the NASA center where Mythbusters was filmed. So like all those wind tunnels and stuff that was Mythbusters. And when we moved in, I didn't even realize like, you know, there's there's all these sports around because it's San Jose. So I was like, oh, yeah, we got the Sharks and and they had the um, Sabercats at the time because of the arena football. And I come walking out and Coden is standing there and he's like, what's that? And I look out, I'm like, holy shit. It's a fight between the 49ers and the Raiders <laughs> because their training facility was right behind us. So, And then just on the other side of that was where the San Jose Earthquakes played. So I had the hockey or the soccer team. We had the um, hockey team downtown. And then we had the arena football, which was in the same same arena. I think it was the HP or anyway, but it was, uh, yeah, it's funny how you, how you're like, oh yeah, I never, I never saw one get built. So I think that would be really cool to see from the hole being dug to the, um, foundation to now you're driving in going, God, I remember when this was all just dirt and yeah, I went and saw Metallica there and I was like, I think that was the first, well, I went to like the opening game of the Panthers. Matter of fact, I've got a Jersey somewhere signed by all the original the original Panthers team. That's uh, freaking Every cool. single one of them signed the jersey like the inaugural team. I've got it hidden somewhere. I've got to find that before. That's I hope pretty it's not freaking cool, yeah. Because that'd be cool to put up here in the man cave. Yeah. But yeah, it was the inaugural team, and then we saw like the inaugural game. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice arena. We uh, Like they showed it on TV. I'm like, ah, there's my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to see the first game that the Texans played. It uh, They came and played the Chargers. And they frickin' Junior Seau throttled uh, Carr, I think it was Derek, like not just not just Seau, but like eight times they sacked him. It was it was terrible. Wow. Like every time you looked, his feet were up in the air like, dang, dude. So, but yeah, sorry, trip down memory lane. Uh, uh, get it back in, uh, back in the box. They came to us, uh, Sunrise, Florida, I believe, near Fort Lauderdale. And um, yeah, the, the, the crowd seemed into it. And then... The introduction hit, and they were like, I don't know what to do with my hands. They seemed really confused. <laughs> Even though it's 
a hall like if Ring of Honor had a Hall of Fame, I would venture to say Bandito would be in it because he, you know, he cut his teeth, did a lot of really great stuff. You know, he was a multi-time champion, and and uh, nobody, none of the, not none, but a majority of the the crowd was just like, who who's this dude? And yeah, so I, you know, but uh, Orange uh, freshly squeezed there, really, really carried, you know, got the crowd going and. Yeah, so that yeah, that's how we opened was the Bandito uh, Orange Cassidy match, and uh, yeah, I I, I kind of noticed that too. I thought it was odd Bandito wasn't getting a big reaction because other places he's come out he has. Oh yeah, but that also kind of fed to the match itself because this match did not live up to the expectations I had for it at all. I was True. expecting, I guess, I don't know. I so Orange Dynamite obviously is a level above when it comes to wrestling. When I watch, you know. WWE usually. Like, I know I'm going to get a little better wrestling. Orange Cassidy specifically, I know I'm going to usually get a really, really good match. Yep. This one, it was good, but it wasn't, like, as great as I thought it was going to be. And I can, actually, it's funny because I can say that about, about a few things throughout this show. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I liked the match. There were some clunky parts in it. And I don't know if it's just because maybe those two just don't have good chemistry. Although the interactions they had later on in the show, they did seem to have good chemistry. So it's a, it, it was an interesting, it was just a very interesting feel to the whole thing because um, there were some decent spots like Bandito with that suplex he did with one arm from outside the ring to the top rope and just one, I mean, it's just amazing stuff. And Bandito can go, but it just, uh, it wasn't the hottest opening match. I'm not saying I hated it by any means. It just wasn't. It wasn't that. Oh, this is gonna be a good show. Feeling it was like oh, this is gonna be a good show. Did you feel? Did you feel like watching the match? The crowd made you feel a certain way, or didn't make you feel a certain way, or were, was it just you as a fan? Were like, oh, this match is whatever. Uh, probably just me as a fan. I don't. And maybe the crowd affected by the crowd, unless I'm there live, that I've noticed. So I may be wrong. Maybe that is part of it. Maybe it is because the crowd was not as hot for it as I thought they should be, and it kind of rolled out onto me. I'm not sure. I mean, the match was decent and ended up with Orange Cassidy winning with the beach break. I did think it was interesting that Bandito kicked out of the mousetrap, because not many people do that. So that's kind of a protected pin for Orange Cassidy. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, what did you think of the match itself? Did you have any... I felt like it was a fun match. Maybe, you know, once I felt the crowd, like everybody sat down and like started messing around on their phone is what I kind of felt like because the crowd got really quiet. And it wasn't until later on I was listening to um, another podcast, Tommy Dreamer was talking about it. And he he came out and said, yeah, I probably would not have started the show with this match. The crowd didn't know who Bandito was. Their loss, unfortunately. But at the same time, I was like, okay, bet they're not. I felt a lot better because instantly I was like, okay, they're not going to play to the crowd as much like what they have done the last couple of episodes where it's all just been like just the house show when they were in Britsburg and then when they were in um, somewhere in the mid, uh, wasn't Chicago, Nebraska, maybe wherever they were the, the last show. It, they, it was like they just were like pinpointing those 10,000 or less people instead of the 900,000 uh, watchers. So I felt like I felt like the show was going to turn, though. So I was like, OK, cool. And um, and then the spot at the end when he put the sunglasses on him, I was like, all right, this is cool. A little touch of the Ring of Honor where they gave each other a little little uh, little respect. So, yeah, so he so he pops the sunglasses on him. Really cool. And then they cut to the back and I was like, "Okay, cool. And Renee Paquette 
killed it tonight. Freaking, freaking killed it. I, the RJ City and Renee Paquette have awesome, awesome chemistry. So yeah, so uh, you're talking about uh, the Adam Cole segment. So we go to the back and Adam Cole's talking. I'm going to get Jericho. Uh, he's uh, he's on my hit list and I'm coming after Jericho. Cool. I, fu- I thought that was good. <laughs> and then just in that bit of Tony Khan brilliance, Orange Cassidy and Bandito walk up all out of breath. Oh, you want you, you want to interview us? Oh my and she's God, like, that was so funny. <laughs> that uh, was so no, funny. I just interviewed Adam Cole. You know, like, and she explains what happened to Britt Baker, and he goes, "Oh," and then he walks away. At first, I'm like, ah, "Okay, a little humor, or whatever." You know, like, "Ha ha!" Like something bad happened. Laugh about it. But we find out later that no, it kind of sunk in, and it, may, it meant something. Like that little piece means something at the end of the night, which I thought was fantastic. And then Bandito walks up to Renee and goes, oh. "Yeah," and walked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, he goes. <laughs> So I was like, man, Orange Cassidy now is part of Best Friends, and Bandito is now his, like, I don't want to say protege, but, you know, sort of going to give him the rub to the AEW faithful, and hope, you know, that'll help, absolutely help his stock with AEW, and uh, and I don't want to say, like, how Jarrett is, Jarrett and Lethal and that whole cadre is sort of helping um, Briscoe. But it's expanding his character, so it's you know introducing him to a whole new group of fans who who weren't who don't necessarily know who uh, Briscoe is because you know ROH was so hard to find on you know normal television and you know YouTube wasn't what it what it is now ROH was was grinding so and speaking of Jarrett and that group we then ro- roll right into the uh, Dax Harwood Jeff Jarrett match um another one that I had high hopes for. Oh my god, I was like, oh man, I am giddy like a schoolgirl. This is going to be awesome. They are going to put on a clinic. Yeah, and I didn't think so. I thought it was okay. I At best. <laughs> and and, and uh, no disrespect to Jeff Jarrett, no disrespect at all, but if this would have been Dax Harwood versus Jeff Jarrett 10 years ago, oh my god, man, it would have been a banger. But I almost think that the type of match they tried to do uh, I don't think Jared could keep up. I mean, he's almost what he's 55, 60 years old. And I just, I kind of got the impression that he was getting a little, you know, a little slower step and they did the match. The, the, I don't know. It just felt clunky. Um, there was some good stuff in it, but it just felt a little clunky, uh, which doesn't give me, well, actually I say that I think the tag team match will be fine because lethal and them know how to do tag team. So I just think it kind of exposed Jared a little bit. Um, and I, I think it exposed Dax a little bit too. Like maybe he's not as good at carrying a match as we think he is, uh, as far as a singles match goes. Yeah. You, you talk about tag team wrestlers and, you know, you think about, you think back to some of the great tag teams that we've seen, you know, coming up, you know, the, the fabulous ones when, um, they started talking about breaking up and going their own ways. They quickly got back together. Then you had, you know, uh, Kurt Henning and Scott Hall. That is an absolute anomaly where you take it two guys that are a phenomenal tag team. They were the AWA tag team champions and they separated um, and they both went on to have Hall of Fame careers. And uh, Kurt Henning was a multi-time AWA champion. And then obviously the most famous with WWE breakups was Marty Jannetty and um, HBK. Marty Jannetty never went on to have any 
any single success or even with another tag team partner, it never, never really panned out. So they're absolutely, or even with uh, Booker T and um, his brother, Harlem Heat, and, you know, uh, Booker T would go on to become a five-time world champion. Um, I believe he was a Grand Slam champion. Uh, No, he never held the Intercontinental title, but a multi-time champion with WCW that beautiful world television champion the awesome united states championship but yeah like you said you know it was um not to shoot down you know their greatness but you know as a tag team ftr one of the tops yeah jeff jarrett to his credit he was smart to hitch his wagon to jay lethal because jay lethal can (laughs) carry a match when he gets gassed and uh you know sunjay and and the team can be the comic relief outside or the heavy you know if he uh Dude just like puts his arm up and he his hand is higher than the top rope. You're like, bro, <laughs> yeah. you are a monster. So yeah, I agree with you. Like when they did that backslide and it took Jeff Jarrett and uh, Dax like two and a half minutes, yeah. like two and a half minutes to get turned around, get their wind, stand up and look at each other. I was like, huh, looks like me getting up in the morning because my feet are all jacked up trying to take the first five steps of the morning. Click, clack, click, clack. <laughs> yeah, it's me trying to stand up, and I'm all hunched over like the hunchback in Notre Dame until I could stretch everything out and stand up. So, hence the reason I'm not sure how to grade this, because this is two matches out of the gate where I was like, ugh. But we had the really good stuff between the first match and this with, with Orange Cassidy. Then we had something else that I think is amazing, and that was the announcement of the Owen Cup. I, I'm wearing my Owen heart. Totally coincidence, by the way. No, so I thought that was, you know, I thought that was the reason why. No, I just thought about it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bring it up while we were um, at work because I wanted it, you know, to be part of the the show. And I totally didn't even realize that it's been a year. Yeah. So the finals last year ended at double or nothing, which I think is awesome. They're going to do opening ceremony. Yeah. So the announcement was opening ceremony, and then the entire tournament's going to take place in Canada. That's oh, cool. beautiful, beautiful idea. Very sentimental. Very uh, meaningful. It means a lot. One thing that I would really appreciate as a wrestling fan is for the longest time Nick Aldis carries and is a holder of what's called the Heritage Championship and he def- he was defending it all over Canada and if he could somehow be involved in that tournament and he signed with Impact so I mean I, I don't they have a they have a working relationship you haven't seen any AEW on Impact for a minute and the relationship that they had wasn't very mutual it was more one-sided for AEW back then but if um you know if Nick could somehow be involved but I'm excited like I think I hope they use this opportunity to you know boost some of the younger talent give the like ultimate rub I don't not that I don't want to see like Orange Cassidy and some of those guys in it but Use it like what they did with the May Young Classic mm-hmm. for women wrestling, because I just I think that would be awesome to get to get some of the some of their wrestlers some uh, ring time and really show their wares and you know show out get some indie guys on there that are trying to get themselves over and get a contract. Not that they, I mean, someone said that the, um, AEW has like 150 people signed. Uh, Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson said that when he was like, not that, you know, the 150 guys in the back, you're like, whew, that's, uh, that's a lot of dudes. Uh, one of the things you did say, which I thought was a key point, and I love that they stressed it, is that because I like that they can use the Owen Hart stuff from New Japan because they can't use the WWE stuff. So I love it. And I love that this, he specifically said this tournament will feature some New Japan That's people. Cool. 
So I'm I like, that's cool. That. Like leaning onto his new Japan stuff. And, you know, he even said that one or two of the matches may take place at Forbidden Door. And I'm like, oh, I just hope that it's not such a, and I think I said this on a previous podcast. I don't want it to be such a clear cut winner. Like I want to go into it going, oof, we're getting Kenny Omega and, you know, uh, well, Kenny Omega's kind of, well, no, let's totally exaggeration, but we're getting Kenny Omega and Moxley in round. I don't know who's going to take that. Not that that's one I want to see, but that kind of thing, like those kind of matchups, let's say maybe Orange Cassidy and Pac, right? Like both of them could go over and, or Will Ospreay and Dax Hardwood. Oh, you know, man. two guys who either one yeah. you'd like to see win, but it could go either way. I, I hope they do those kind of pairing, like almost to where they literally put the names in a hat and randomly pull them out and go, all right, these are pairings here. Here we go. I don't think there's nothing to the fact that the finals is going to be in Calgary, Alberta. Also, the date of that show happens to be a Saturday, so I'm assuming it's going to be collision. So that'll be a big collision thing. Do we see Punk in the tournament, you know, as a big Bret Hart guy? Do we see Bret Hart show up and announce for those matches? Which I don't oh, think wow. he can because I think he's on a legendary contract with WWE. There would, like, yeah, there would have to be some kind of loophole. Like, hey, you get paid X amount for 365 days. We're going to take a dollar out of your check. Right. Like, if they have to be a dick like that about it. But, I mean, he, he wasn't the last one. He wasn't involved in the last one at all. Yeah, that would suck. But, I mean, so there, there's stuff to that. And, I mean, what if the final is the match we keep hearing about, which is Jericho and Punk? Like, that'd be a good final. Although, I think that's going to go. I think that might be an all-in thing. But. Yeah, I thought that was a great announcement. Uh, I think I think if they do the tournament right and they they do it instead of just pushing the the it couple and actually do the do a good tournament where like maybe like Willow Nightingale win and you know Andre you know whoever yeah you know Ace Andretti some people that we don't necessarily see winning could win. I think it'd be really good. I'd like to see um, some wrestlers that really you know really are coming up. Maybe not the the Billy Starks, but like you know on the on the ladies' side, like an Anna Jay. Billy Starks would be really good, actually. So like Anna Jay, she's had a bunch of matches. Blue Steel, you know they they've had a bunch of matches. They've had some success, and they you mean peak Sky the Blue. Ra- what did I say? Blue Steel. <laughs> Isn't that a Zoolander? Wow. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> the Blue Steel look. So for those of you not watching, we just both did the face on uh, on the YouTube show. <laughs> Freaking Zoolander. School for people who don't read good. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think that would be uh, dancing in the gasoline. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and he's slapping the. They can't get the information out of the computer. <laughs> the uh, I think yeah, I mean there's so many so many ways to really do some really cool stuff. You know what if um, you know there's a free agent out there. Yep. Who ends up coming in and goes, hey, I'm all elite now. I wouldn't want to see Jay White win it um, because I think he, you know, there. I'd like doesn't... to see him in it though. Put him in the tournament. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that I would mean, be fun. Shit. Get him a couple of rounds. Get some great matches with him and like Orange Cassidy or him and Styles make fights like Will Hobbs him and or Pac. something. Or Ooh, yeah, yeah, him and Pac would be. Oh, him and Hobbs would be good too. Him and Phoenix or you know, there, there's. Yeah, there's there's Phoenix, quite a few people. I don't think Phoenix is going to be on TV for a little bit. He's hurt, so I don't I don't know what ROH is going to do with that tag tag team championship either. So we'll you know that's another thing to keep your eye on with uh, some of the injuries coming out of one of the tapings. There were a couple of injuries, and notably was was Ray Phoenix and uh, Penta has been doing a couple of couple of things on the uh, on the solo circuit right now. So quick uh, quick healing up to my guy Phoenix and dude, uh, that guy can heal fast though. Do you, were you into AEW when he did that funky landing and totally broke his arm, or we thought broke his arm, but it was just a sprain where he landed and it totally. 
That was almost as bad as top flight dude breaking his ankle oh, the other day. Man, that's that's. Horrible. And then next thing you know, he comes back like it was no big deal. Like came back a lot quicker than I thought he was going to come back for that one. So as we move down the card, we now have Wardlow in the ring for a uh, quick squash match. Uh, not even going to go through the match. It was like thirty seconds. Yeah, I think. hit him with the symphony, and we're done. Yeah, very quick. Uh, I absolutely love this Arn Anderson. Wardlow pairing I think and I think if you look at Wardlow he loves it too because I noticed like just his ring work last week his ring work uh this uh last night and like the look in his eyes and like he feels like the Wardlow they pushed the first time and he's not always great on the mic so I think giving him a, a fantastic mic speaker is uh is gonna do wonders for him and yeah Arn Anderson cuts that promo about uh you know I picked you because you've got what it takes and out of all the people in the locker room and then your boy's music hits. Christian Cage oh. comes walking out with Luchasaurus. And yes, please sign me up for Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Yeah. I, st- I still cannot stand that freaking mask. It's yeah, like, I was really golly. hoping when he got with Christian, he would drop the gimmick and just go to back being, I think his name's Adam, or I don't remember exactly what his name is. But yeah, go back to being you. But he likes the gimmick, whatever. Yeah, that mask, like, and maybe like my, you know, if I were a fellow wrestler, you know, he goes to do his little T-Rex kiss or whatever he calls it, that little headbutt thing. Yeah. And those horns um, and just the look of it just seems like a a step above the Voltron or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I just, uh, I, I agree too. I thought he'd come out, Christian Cage would suit him up and uh, put, put the Captain Charisma on him and, you know, smooth him out, give him a, give him a new gimmick. and Especially with the lawsuit stuff. I thought the lawsuit would be a perfect way to come out and go, okay, we're completely repackaging. But, I mean, if he doesn't want to do that, maybe it's because he doesn't want to be as, like, seen outside of, you know, he doesn't want to be that guy that's mobbed in the, in the restaurants or whatever. I, I don't know. Not that he's that famous, but you know what I mean? Like, keeping on that, I don't know. Maybe he's, a, he's secretly a school teacher and doesn't want his kids to know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want him to be distracted when I'm trying to teach him algebra. Yeah. <laughs> what is the denominator? What is the denominator? Uh, excuse me, um, Luchasaurus, sir. <laughs> yeah. It's Mr. Saurus. Did it hurt when he took the chair to the head? Yeah. But Oof. then uh, you already mentioned it. We got RJ sitting in the back. Uh, I don't even remember what he was going to say because just Blackpool Comic had jumped him. BCC jumps him, says they got, they got business tonight, and then walk off. Uh, good stuff. I like seeing RJ City more on TV, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, he's funny. Then we get the, um, yeah, so we, then we roll into the uh, Guevara-Darby Allen match. Well, before that, we get a couple talking points, and I want to make sure I hit these. So you've got uh, Darby Allen with Jungle Boy uh, and talking back and forth, and he kind of says, hey, I'm, uh, I'm I'm sorry the way I've been, uh, Darby does. I don't know, he kind of backs down some of the things he said and, and the, the crap talking he did. <sighs> I don't know. I'm still... I need Darby to sit down and do the promos he did the first couple times. This this interaction with these two is not there. And for the four pillars, there are two of the pillars that are excelling and the other two that are, to me, falling by the wayside. Uh, because right after this, we get <laughs> JF and Sammy Guevara with uh, Renee. And I lost it. I thought it was oh my God. so good. I was like, did they just kiss right now? Oh, my gosh. And they were kissing each other on the cheek and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. And I I mean, deep down inside, you already know how this is going to go. Yep. You know, he turned on Cody. He turned on uh, Jericho. He's talked about how he never had anyone. Um, evidently, he threw Liv Morgan in the driver's seat <laughs> yeah. or, you know, whoever it was. There was a crime committed. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, it wasn't until a little bit later where – 
you could sort of see the, you know, sort of the dissension. And then during that match, he kept making, Guevara kept making a comment. Um, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if uh, MJF's going to make a comment about that. And he never did. So he just kept saying, here's the main event. Here's the main event. But Sammy kept saying, you're next world champion. And I was like, there's something to that, sir. So, yeah. Just, I love the, hey, I got you a gift. Oh, I got you a gift. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I said, <laughs> yeah. best friends don't shake hands. They, and they when, when Sammy kissed him on the forehead. Yeah. Or I think it was MJF kissed Sammy in the forehead first. And then so Sammy's like, wait, I want to do that too. Like, I totally think that was ad-libbed. And then when they hugged and Sammy kissed MJF on the cheek. And then he turned and kissed him. I'm like, that was totally, you know, that was all them having fun with it. And that was such a great, uh, just a great interaction with the two of them. It, it totally lifted my spirits. And again, another one of those high points that were between matches. So if you were, if you were a, if you were a superstar over in WWE, now Impact, Impact, they get talking points. Um, NWA, they get like, you know, like, um, hey, mention that we're going to do, uh, a YouTube show in Tennessee or something. And that's essentially all they get. Now, granted, NWA, they don't have the same entrances. They don't have music. Impact, they have a smaller house when they uh, when they do their events. Most of the time, they're smaller. They have sold out like 10,000 seat um, stadiums and stuff. And they did um, like back-to-back sold out nights too in, in Nevada. But if you were a superstar in the WWE and you're sitting there watching TV... And you're watching that. Are you thinking to yourself, son of a bitch, I want that. I want to be able to be me and they're using a character. I want to be this character on TV. I don't want this this scripted, the fans sitting down because they want to be polite wrestling or superstar, you know, performance and sports entertainment. Yeah, I want to have that creative freedom to be myself. Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If I were a superstar, I'd be like, whew, my contract is coming up. And Tony is always hiring. There is a really good chance because I can imagine, you know, so so um, Drew had a little bit more freedom when he was the champion during the COVID era. And he's got COVID stank on him. And that title reign wasn't what it was. And I honestly hope he doesn't leave the WWE because I want him to have that WrestleMania moment because he was the champ and did some really cool stuff. When he won the championship, it was recorded two days, like, I think it was like four days. It had been recorded for four days and he was sitting at home watching and he didn't bring the title out like his wife knew and all this other stuff, but he didn't bring the title out until after the match. And it really hit him when he was watching and he was holding the championship. And if, yeah, if I mean, if I were a superstar and maybe McIntyre's like, you know what, I'm not going to get a WrestleMania moment because I'm, I'm just not, 
And yeah, he's mid card you know, now. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't give me the Intercontinental Championship. They gave it to Gunther. Gunther's going to go in and drop it maybe in a three way, just like um, Theory's going to drop it in the three way. And yeah, I, but like back to the bring it back around. Do a wrap around. Lisa's least not a reach around. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. I would absolutely, if I were a WWE superstar, I would hit trip up and go, like, if I were in a, like, if I were in a certain mood, I would go trip. It's me. I need some freedom, man. Uh, send me down to NXT, you know, put me on um, superstars or I'll go on the tour in England and do house shows where I can be myself. What do you think? And he'd go, you know, time to play the game. Hey, you're, you know, you're going to be in the main event or whatever, just to like pacify me. But yeah, the freedom I think would be more, it would mean more to me than it would, you know, anything else. And and it's interesting because it goes both ways too. Because then you look at, again, Darby Allen, who I think is getting some freedom and he's not doing good with it. And I almost think without Sting kind of in his ear, Hey, this is probably what we should do. He's he's floundering a little bit. So it's he would almost benefit from here are your talking points or here's your script. Um so it's interesting. Like it, it goes both ways too. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, not I'm saying I I'm not saying I want to see Darby Allen in WWE or I want to see Darby Allen wrestling WWE style matches, but he might benefit for their promo styles. So who knows? Uh but it, then we have the match. Uh Darby and Guevaro. Man, they put on a show. What a show, man. The the 360 off the top through the table on the floor. The Spanish fly off the top rope. That is man, such it was a great. Freaking, that is an unbelievable move. Every time um, I see it. Man. So, like, I'm, I watch and think about everything from how the crowd is responding, how the picture-in-picture picture is during the commercials, what their gear is like, how they come out. You know, I think it's interesting that um, his wife doesn't come out all the way to ringside because it seemed like she used to and now she doesn't. And, you know, like his hair used to make me bonkers. I'm like, dude, you got to get a better fade. And, but like the character. <laughs> he looked like, uh, oh, what was the dude? You never go full retard, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like. So looked I was like. like uh, the guy from Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And, um. But I I was just sitting there thinking to myself, this dude looks like a champion. I don't want to see him with the TNT title anymore. I I wouldn't mind seeing him up, like, elevate the tag team championships. Um, and he's probably a year away from being the world champ. And at a certain point in the match, when they were doing a little bit more of the groundwork, I was like, dude, I would not be mad if he was the one that defeated um, MJF for the title, you know, sometime next year. And, and, you know, and then I think, well, I'd kind of like to see Danielson win it or, you know, I don't think. And like you said, you know, okay, here's here's the talking points. There's the camera. Go make money. Guevara, Chuk-Ching. He's cash money all day. Uh, MJF, Chuk-Ching, Chuk-Ching. He's cash money, crypto and bonds. And then you have, uh, what do they call him, Jungle Jack. He's like, well, here, let me float you a check. Just don't cash it till Friday. It's just like they were sitting there looking at each other. I'm like, say something, do something, like give me something. And then depending on the day of the week, hey, I don't get paid till next week. Um, you get, uh, you know, you get what you get out of Darby Allen. But I, I totally agree with you. I think he probably needs a, a pep talk every time he goes out into the ring. Um, yeah. Yeah. It uh, completely... It shows you the the pillars. Now, this is just promo work, by the way. I'm not talking in-ring work because I think all four of them are 
top tier, uh, top of their game level for in-ring work, but definitely can tell Darby and Jack need a little more time with Mike skills or set them to like, uh, you know, Bubba Ray's promo class or something. Just give them some work. But I also like the uh, Eddie Guerrero finish, the DQ. So you get (laughs) Ty Mello comes down. And uh, distracts the referee and me and, and me. Yeah, I was. Uh, wait, I was like, hold on. Wait, what? What just pause? Happened? Is that time, Mello? Oh wait, let me back this up. Yep, distracts the referee. <laughs> so then the referee's distracted, getting her off the thing. You hear thump, and he turns around, and Darby's got a skateboard in his hand, and Guevara's laid out, and here it is. MJF to toss the skateboard in the ring. Fantastic, like yeah, great Eddie Guerrero finish. So get the DQ, and then we get the announcement that next week, based on the way the uh, both of the matches went that we were going to get a tag team match and if darby and jungle jack win then it's the fatal four-way so why do we do all this we knew we were going to get the four-way anyway let them cut their promos throw them in some matches this tournament was stupid in my opinion it was a it was a big miss on tony Khan's part in my opinion you could have just thrown the matches together why set up this fake tournament with the dqs it it overbooked it just let them have their promos yeah yeah i totally agree it was like it was like um I don't know, maybe he was on a plane ride back from somewhere, you know, three months ago. And he's like, hmm, so building up to the pay-per-view, I'm going to figure out how to do. So I'm going to need a main event and MJF is the champ. What am I going to do? Okay, so he back programs this and he's probably like, man, my jet lag was really bad. (laughs) And uh, so I I think, you know, as a... um, slowly becoming a, a faithful AEW fan. I trust that, uh, you know, he won't make the same mistake twice. You know, he seems to be learning the whole squad or squad. The whole um, company seems to be learning every day now. You know, I didn't I didn't have one single problem with any of the officiating. I didn't have any issue with like outside the ring when it used to be like three and a half minutes outside the ring. Commentary was great. Tell me, to- <laughs> tell me, Tony Schiavone did not love telling MJF. Shut up, you prick. You prick. <laughs> um, and MJF's character work and reaction. And I just thought man, like he springs back. What? what, what? Um, I just, uh, yeah, that whole. Maybe want some pickles too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then Taz is Taz just like, in, I don't want a pickle. Taz He's a pickle. Taz was just laughing about it, like, oh god, dicks. But yeah, that's uh, so we we get that segment, and next we get Adam Cole, baby, the one who I do think is going to be the one that's going to take MJF's title down the road. But uh, he comes in the ring, calls out Jericho. Obviously, uh, Jericho comes on the screen. Hey, I'm not coming out there, but my boys are, and they do. They come out to the ring. Uh, and jump Adam Cole getting the beat down. And then here's the little sprinkling of earlier. Orange Cassidy and Bandito come out to make the save. Fantastic. I popped up and was like, oh, this is so cool. I loved it. But numbers game get to them. They get uh, beat. And then from what I am understanding is the biggest surprise to the WWE locker room that's happened in a long time. Roderick Strong shows up to make the save. Ah, man. I did not see like, talk about secret, like, Oh, I was so surprised. Usually you kind of get like, yeah, I, I'd never called this. I never saw this coming. Wasn't even on my radar as a possibility. I thought maybe, um, not Bobby Fish, the other one. Uh, oh my gosh, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish. Oh, who's his other? Oh, other? Code Red. Um, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, yep. I thought maybe it was going to be Kyle O'Reilly would come back. I did not see Roderick Strong coming. And bam, what a pop. And it's funny because it was like a slow pop. It was like, who? Wait a minute. Wait. Oh my God. 
well, you know. When I saw the background, I was like, hmm, this doesn't. And, you know, obviously the WWE they used during that, down, during his era, they used more of like the neon blue for the logo and the diamond mind and everything. And, uh, you know, he's got a very, very long history with, with ROH. So I think that was, uh, honestly, I thought it was a good, good piece of business putting, um, and Kyle O'Reilly, I want to say he was with, AEW, he he showed up. Oh at yeah, some yeah. Point I'm sorry. Yeah, Kyle like O'Reilly the, is. He's all elite. They were the the undisputed elite. All yeah, undisputed. So uh, getting him back on the screen, I think, would be a lot of fun. Maybe not Fish, but yeah, Fish. I think is doing Impact now or something. But he kind of left on bad terms anyway. But yeah, I could see Kyle O'Reilly coming. Kyle O'Reilly was on one of the All Accesses and talking about how he's still recovering from. I guess he had some pretty significant neck surgery. So oh wow. He's still recovering from that, but yeah, yeah now we've quick got recovery to you, man. Uh, you know, he's a, a diabetic, manages it. Does does you know he's a uh, you know a uh, awesome role model to people that you know are just playing the cards that they were dealt, and has had a great career and just a phenomenal ground and pounder uh, mixed martial artist as well. So yeah, that would be that'd be a lot of fun to see you know to see them reunite. But yeah, I thought it was funny. You know, out comes Bandito, out comes. Out comes uh, freshly squeezed, and and that he looked crisp too. He looked. Uh, he hasn't been in the ring for a while too. Yeah, and, and so it's uh, good to see him. According to all reports, like people in WWE thought he was still working there. He's still on their roster page, so or he was as of this wow. morning or yesterday. So it's curious, hmm. but uh, yeah, so good stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed the the. Uh, yeah, I popped for strong. I think it's great. I think you were setting back up the undisputed elite, which is good. Uh, gives gives some more more factions. Yeah, there you go. Then this is the one I've been dying to hear what you think. We get Jade Cardgill, Ty of Valkyrie. You have been salivating over this match uh, since Ty got uh, announced. What what did you think of it? So I love the entrance. I thought it was fantastic. She is so smooth. And I was like, okay, it's okay. She's got a couple other finishers. Everything's going to be okay. She, uh, Jade comes out, looks fantastic, looks like a champion. Just like, I didn't see one single, you know, one single flaw. The crowd was into it. That entrance when Jade was coming down, you could really tell she was the heel and they were letting her hear it. And then they started doing the work. <clears throat> Taya seemed like within a couple of minutes, she was like half a step off. And I was like, okay, maybe she didn't realize that she had to slow down a little bit for Jade because this is like Jade's 50th match or something. So she she doesn't have a lot of mat time. And when she went to hit, she finally was just like, she goes to hit the uh, uh, road to Valhalla. And instead of like getting space and then hitting her, you know, with one of her other moves. She's got a move that's similar to the chick kick and some other ones. Like, it looks like a blue thunder bomb. She just stands there, gets rolled up and pinned. I was like, are you freaking serious? This is Taya Valkyrie. Not that Jade isn't marketable and doing great, you know, improves every single week. But I, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know how to feel. I was, I was, as a huge Taya fan... I was really, really disappointed, and um, yeah, it was a dumb stipulation, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, this is one of those that really disappointed me. Uh, I mean, I see it's, it's basic booking. You're setting up a rematch and blah, 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 so you'll probably get Ty and probably get Ty and Jade at the uh, the pay-per-view, and I'm sure Ty will go over and probably win the belt, but this was not a good showing. I, I was not impressed. I mean, there was some good, like you said, it just they just didn't have the chemistry I was hoping they would have, and I don't know whether it's 
Kind of like you said, did Ty go in not realizing how green Jade was on some of this stuff and realizing how much she was going to kind of have to carry it? But you would think, um, you know, behind the curtains a little bit, they'd have been practicing some together or something. So, yeah, it was it was disappointing. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say than what you just said. I just, Yeah, I was uh, super bummed. You know, like Smart Mark is out there. You know, doing his thing. Uh, the ref is like, don't do this. You're going to get disqualified, blah, blah, blah. I would have rather Taya get so upset. She's like, forget it. Bam. Yeah, and get DQ'd. She gets DQ'd. It's a, she still takes an L. She still looks strong. And, you know, um, Jade still leaves the champ. And she, it's, it's a loss, but she didn't get pinned. So it, it doesn't make her look weak. So it, um, I don't know, man. I was really bummed, and I, like I rewound it and was like, "What? Like what? Just like what?" Yeah, it felt like a nothing match. Like I don't think there wasn't any spots that I was over the top on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was disappointed in it. It was like Vince, uh, Vic, Vince booked that match because you're you're doing some fifty fifty stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, then you get the backstage with Jamie Hader. Uh, and basically Jamie Hader says the only way that, uh, the heels are going to be done with her is if they put her and Britt Baker in the morgue. So you know, I'm assuming we're setting morgue. up. Yeah, man, Jamie Hader. She's a good champ. I just wish they'd start focusing more on the champ stuff. Like let her, like she went on a run, defended her title every week, Rio and all these people. And now it's, she's so focused on this. Tony Khan's got too many people on his roster. I cannot wait for collision. <laughs> Just to make it easy, because where's the House of Black been? Like, where's where are our trios champions? Now, I also understand that is one of the appeals of AEW is the fact that the guys don't really work a full-time schedule. They can work. Um, I think I heard Moxley say it on Renee Patek, Paquette that they are home. Uh, they work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, and then they're home Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which I'm like, that's, that's not a bad schedule considering WWE you're on all the time. And then I've also heard that they kind of can go for three weeks and then take a couple weeks off and they flex, which is fine. I think it's great for the, the talent. However, as fans, I'm sitting here going, wait, where's the House of Black? Weren't they feuding with the J- JAS? Like, where, where are our champions? So it, it's interesting. Yeah, I think Collision is going to help part, if not all, of some of these issues, I think. So you mentioned JAS and I like we we did uh, we did one of our bits before where we said, yeah, we've got a Jericho problem. And we talked about how, okay, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. We're going to fantasy book this. Give me the pencil. And the JAS is going to break up because Jericho is going to take the L. And then you look and now Stark is sort of almost in a feud, which like is kind of confusing who he's like buddying up with. And then you have Jericho, who's now back hooked up with who should be a main event guy. And JAS is still running rampant, almost as strong, if not stronger than they were. And I like, I mean, go on your tour, man, like break up the JAS. You know, I think that would help the tag team division because you'd, you'd get, you'd get another tag team. Um, Slater could go be, you know, someone who's competing for that TNT championship. But yeah, you've got Jericho hooking his wagon to, to, uh, baby. And that's going to drag out for who knows how long. Well, that being said, though, I'm I'm into this feud between the two of them. And I think the match is going to be amazing. So I agree, but I don't think this is going to be like the other ones. I think this will be over at Double or Nothing. They'll run it through there. But I'm I'm into this feud. I think the Heat segment last week heated it up pretty good. Yeah, I'm okay with this one. Um, and now that I'm saying out, so Jericho didn't take as much screen time this week 
as he normally does. So that was a much less of a sports entertainee. His guys got some screen time, uh, got to put in some work, got to show their characters a little bit. So, But yeah, as long as we can uh, get in and out of this feud, advance Jericho's character in another direction, give Adam Cole some shine and momentum, maybe not going into the Owen Cup because I don't think you should have back-to-back winners of the Owen Cup. Then he starts his next whatever whatever his next program is going to be. I think that'll. Be. I think I think I think Cole finishes up with in fantasy booking ahead. I, I think Cole finishes up with Jericho and then rolls into something with uh, with MJF that quick. Mm, yeah, because so we're at what uh, so double or nothing is in May. Next pay per view would be well maybe not because maybe they'll do something for Forbidden Door and All In and then All Out right after it. So that's May June July. August. Yeah, it could be come September time he could be rolling into that because the war of 24 is supposed to be oh, January 1st. Sh- yeah. So you're t- talking September, so you build them a pretty good feud September, October, and I forget what pay-per-view it is in November or whatever it is. You know, you build up that Yeah, I could see him being the one to take it right at the last pay-per-view of the year. The Maybe man. slow burn right now? Yeah. Like slow burn it, but Yeah, hint I, hint to uh like have them some have some interaction backstage. Or he, oh, so here's what you do. You keep, you keep, uh, you keep MJF talking smack about Brit not being a pillar. And it gets to the point where, um, Adam Cole's just tired of hearing about it. Then him, Roderick Strong have a tag team match with MJF and like theoretically it'd be Sammy Guevara. And, you know, how, whatever happens with that, then that kind of goes away. Maybe Adam Cole and Guevara do a program and that, elevates both of them they have a blow off and Guevara then goes into a program uh, with one of the other pillars again and then Cole takes the title off and now one of the other pillars is now chasing and then out of nowhere MJF shows back up after the first of the year when everybody was like the war for 24 and now he's been gone and and that's like is in this terrible that I'm saying this out loud QTV starts reporting that MJF was reportedly seen reportedly seen in Connecticut or in New yeah. York or in the same city where the WWE was doing a show. <laughs> and then he shows up at a pay-per-view. That intro song, like when his music hits, you're like, let's go. So that'd be that'd be funny. I think you could do it. I, I think if Tony Khan's got it set up, I mean if it's not gonna be Adam Cole. Is it going to be a returning CM Punk? Good God, give that guy the third t- title three times in a row. No, because he'll be he's over never officially lost. He's just been stripped every time. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I mean, do you build Takeshita up and have Takeshita take it? Uh, I just don't know of another baby face <laughs> that would be a good. My only concern with Adam Cole doing it is I think it should be one of the AEW original. I think it should be someone like Sammy or someone like because I think War for 24 it should be somebody who like, "Well, no, I'm I'm with this company till the end." takes it. But I, who knows? What about um Orange Cassidy drops the international title uh because of something that MJF was trying to do. Now that would that would Orange that, would be really good at I, it would be I would good, take an Orange but it, Cassidy MJF feud. It would be good, but it would it might be a bridge too far because now you've got to separate him from the current pillar program where he comes out almost unscathed, and now well, you do that by having him just win clean at double or nothing. Wrap this pillar thing up at double or nothing. He wins clean, so there's no back and forth. Or you don't even have him win there. Maybe he he wins. And then you could set up the next pay per view with Darby and him, or you know you could set up with a couple more of the the spinoffs maybe, or maybe so the the three other pillars 
during the match start infighting, which gives MJF the opportunity, whether he wins by count out or DQ or whatever wonky finish, they have another match where the the other three pillars have to win a match to to go back, have a rematch with MJF. MJF wins that, and that somehow affects what Orange Cassidy is trying to do. They jump into a program because Orange Cassidy is the world as the AEW world champion. Whew, how much merch would that dude sell everywhere you go? Wow, that would be. And to be honest with you, the way AEW does it, it, it could be something as mu- as easy as. Orange is backstage doing one of his, are you hitting me? No. And then MJF just pushes him out of the way. And then, okay, now Orange is pissed, so now we got him. Like, they could do something like that and quickly turn that program on. That's true. But uh, then we get to the main event, man. Oof. 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 We have Takeshita and uh, Kenny Omega (laughs) versus the Butcher and the Blade. Man. Wow. Uh, Talk about ending the show on a high for me. Well, I slash boo slash, you know, whatever. It was a good way to end the show in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty emotional roller coaster because last was it last week or two weeks ago, you see Butcher and the Blade. You guys think you're bad, we're gonna kick your ass. Um, you know, both of them have like completely transformed their bodies. Their gear looks great. Penelope our uh, bunny was out there, which is good to see her you know, her and um uh, Penelope have you know, been going back and forth on some injuries. So it was good to see that. And yeah, man, like, whew, that's, um, man. Yeah, it was uh, Omega, man. Like, he knows what he's doing. He, he might be pretty good at this stuff, but. He might have a future. He might, <laughs> might have a future in this business. Uh, yeah, it was just the the way he made the hot tags to Takeshita feel so important. You know, it was like, oh, and every pops for Takeshita. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic match. Um, I did like, uh, Danielson on Brian Danielson on commentary, just ripping the elite apart. Like they're living on their past laurels and just a bunch of amateurs in the ring and this and that. And I was like, all right, cool. And, uh, yeah, it was, man, it was ah, just I so good, man. The, the Omega and Takeshita pile driver to the knees on butcher for the win. Like I was, what? Like that whole finishing sequence was fantastic. Um, but obviously, yeah. So Takeshita and Omega win, uh, then out comes the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, obviously, numbers game, but they didn't get all the way to the ring because the Young Bucks show up and take them out. So then we get they kind of get the advantage, get in the ring. Um, now they've got the which I was surprised the Butcher and Blade didn't jump in and help Blackpool Combat Club, but I'm okay with it too. Like I don't, we don't need more mess in this. Like they lost, walk away, cool. Uh, but as far as like villains for hire, although I also see the BCC not really using them. Anyway, so you get the beat down in the uh, elite, get the advantage, and uh, they're about to, you know, stab old boy in the head with the uh, the uh, screwdriver, and got Moxie held down. Takeshi gets in. No, 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 don't do it. I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't. I'm like, all right, all right, respectful. Don't do this. No reason to the injury. So yeah, he goes to stab him, and Takeshi, no, 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 don't do it. And I love Danielson. That's right. Takeshi should be in the BCC. So now, you know, obviously the BCC gets the advantage and beat beat the uh, beat everybody down and. Everybody's outside the ring, and Takeshi's standing at the BCC. All right. Like, we all kind of saw maybe this could be the turn coming. Nope. Yuta just low blows him, and then they stab him in the head. I was like, whoa. All right. What are we doing here? I First, I was like, wait a minute. Him in the BCC. Okay. Um, You know, taking a a, a fresh meat baby face, you know, making making him a heel, you know, 
putting you know putting them through the ringer and then just to see yeah i was not i was not prepared for i didn't see him be the one to uh to take the brunt i thought it would be um omega or one of the bucks or something but yeah i wasn't expecting <laughs> i wasn't expecting to catch to shoot yeah guy so I, I didn't see Takesha doing the heel turn. I mean, I, I could see it because the Blackpool Combat Club has always said that they want to take people they respected and you have to bleed with them. And he's had wars with Omega. He's had war, or not Omega, with Moxley. He's had uh, really good matches with Danielson. So he's been there with everybody. So maybe they take him in. But yeah, like you said, he's such an over baby face that it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then they turned on him like, all right, but now I'm going, okay, but what now? Like, so now Takeshi is obviously going to be with the elite. I just, the numbers games are, are wonky. I'm just, I'm just waiting for a, uh, Ibushi to show up. Like, give me the golden, <laughs> give me the golden elite. Like, that's what I hope this is turning into. Yeah. But no hangman again. So I'm guessing the, the stabbing him in the eye took him out for quite a while. Uh, so no pirate hangman yet, but, uh, yeah, yar. but we, we shall see where this goes, man. I pretty hot, hot hot storyline uh with these four eight six twelve however many there are in it now so yeah i that so that's how it ended the show so i ended the show on a like that was pretty cool i enjoyed that it was a good segment there was stuff in it and i'm gonna let you do your rating first because i'm still on the fence yeah so um as i was watching you know what is the um you know what's the what's the motive what's the motivation what's the you know why are you doing this why are you doing that you can't make anybody if you don't beat anybody. You didn't really beat anybody if you didn't make someone. And I'm so like story storyline driven and like monthly pay-per-view minded that my like I'm a basically a microwave wrestling fan because I need a payoff every month. So sitting there I was like, okay, what did I like about the show? I didn't really care for the crowd, so I didn't I didn't like that part. Um, I love uh, Renee Paquette and RJ City. The backstage scenes, loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought very. I I thought the ending was fantastic, and the sort of the groundwork for next week. So now you're gonna see Jay Lethal against Wheeler. Um, so I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, cause if you see one half of the tag team, you're going to see the other half next week. So I was like, okay, I think that'll be a lot better than this match. And, but yeah, it was just like, you know, you didn't see the women's champion. You only saw the men's champion cause he was doing a promo. Um, the TNT champion had a squash match. You didn't see the tag team titles defended and, you're over here building up for a pay-per-view. And then I thought to myself, well, it's like WrestleMania. It's going to sell itself because it's AEW. It's, you know, it's, you know, MJF is over here talking about, here's the main event. Here's the main event. So, um, and I also liked the Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen match. So I'm like, okay, but it's like, I liked the ending. I liked the backstage stuff and I liked one other match. It was only two hours, so it didn't eat me for an extra hour um, and all of that. And, you know, it advanced a little bit of the storyline, sprinkled some other stuff. You got to see a little bit of character work with Bandito as well. <laughs> and uh, Orange Cassidy got to show, like, some a uh, little more of his character. So, yeah, so I went with Three Beards, and um, I thought it was a show that didn't feel like 
a piece of business. It was like it was a show and they and they didn't play to the crowd, which they played to the masses. And um, yeah, so I thought it was I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, sitting here listening to you go through it, and as I'm going through it in my head, I, I'm going three two. I've been I've been teetering. I was teetering between two and three, two and a half and three, uh, just because I do hold AEW to kind of a higher standard. CJ Stroud, by the way, is who the text picked up. There it is. So I do hold uh do hold AEW to a little bit of a higher standard. So usually I try to be fair when I judge them, but I'm going three. For almost all the same things you mentioned, like I really enjoyed the final match. I really enjoyed the storyline with that. Loved some of the backstage stuff. Was disappointed in some of the other in-ring action. Uh, was disappointed in the Ty Valkyrie match. Oh, but God, so upsetting. Yeah, I almost was. Uh, I I almost was going to use a lifeline and see if we get like a couple shows a year where we don't have to vote. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, man, if if uh, Taya and like it, it didn't even need to be Taya winning because I think. Her winning a championship on a pay-per-view in Canada. She's Canadian. I think that would have been really cool. Oh, that's a good point. So if they, yeah. So I, I thought, okay, well, I didn't think Taya she's was going to win today. Winner. Ooh, that'd be hot. But I, I think, think she's, she's going to win. Now that you said that. So I think she's going to win the title at Forbidden Door. And that way you're in Canada. You win the championship. And But yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, Rumor is Statlander's coming back soon, too. So she'll be your collision world champion. AEW draft. Collision is on the clock. Collision general manager comes up with the first pick of the draft. Collision chooses CM Punk. Second pick of the draft. Dynamite chooses whoever, MJF. And oh yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, either Omega or MJF because, you know, you, you already know that you're not going to have them on the team. Third pick would be Statlander. She would be the Collision ladies champion. And I just hope she can stay healthy. Man, she I love that little boop. I think that's so cool. So, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, man. So there it is. Um, three beards for the AEW Dynamite by the dynamic duo of your sports entertainment wrestling talk. Uh, yeah, man. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, let us know what you guys think. Hit us up on the socials at No Shave Man Cave, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to get your social media fix addiction filled uh we are very active on twitter so we'd like to see interaction with our fans there please hit us up again let us know what you think about this show and uh don't forget to give us those ratings and subscriptions wherever you get your podcast from apple podcast amazon music podbean uh spotify iHeartRadio, google podcast wherever you get it hit us up give us a subscribe so you don't miss these daily shows that come out where we review talk about discuss wwe aew usually sprinkle in some tna or i'm sorry impact now sprinkle some impact new japan stardom whatever it is maybe we'll talk some football drafts maybe we'll talk some, some bourbon and barbecue there it is a little bit of everything but uh, hit us up you don't want to miss a show with that it's time for the hot tag bump and feed well hey jt thanks for uh running down the card to the to the uh boys and girls in the back at aew thank you for a fun show and uh yeah absolutely to our brothers and sisters in arms thank you so much for your service and to our fans everywhere right now we are worldwide worldwide it's uh super super fun to uh see what countries are are popping up on our follows so keep that coming super happy uh we're starting to get 
a little more active in Slack and Rumble. So uh, come check us out, see what uh, see what's good. And to our YouTube faithful, uh, we're getting more subscriptions. Uh, more follows, more watches, more likes on the, on our shorts and our other videos. So come check it out. You know you're going to find me on YouTube talking about Lucha Underground. <laughs> so until next time, my friends, my fam, the faithful of the No Shave Man Cave, thank you for joining us here today. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you on the floor. You've been listening to the No Shave Man Cave. If it's pro wrestling, we're talking about it. Unless we see something shiny and wander off into the woods. If you hang around long enough, we'll eventually come back. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Fire off your comments and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at No Shave Man Cave. Y'all be cool. And we'll see you next time on the No Shave Man Cave. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 